Hi, and welcome to another episode. I accomplished one of my summer goals, Sensei Jackie. I got the lady at PayPal to help me figure out how to put the support the show link onto our show notes. If you scroll down about two thirds of the way, you can support the show, which I personally would really appreciate. Well, but is there a minimum or anything like that? Well, you can go as low as a dollar. Well, that's a nice minimum. Yeah, it's really nice. So I would appreciate it personally, and I bet you would too. I certainly would. If you guys would support the show. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Of course, I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie, and we love weapons episodes. We do. This is true. But you know what else we love? What's up? We love when Sensei Jerry is on the show, and she is on today. Hi, Sensei Jerry. Hello. How are Thank you, you so much for being here. Thank you, Sensei, for having me. I'm so glad to be here. We're psyched. Yes, we are. Okay, <laughs> Sensei Jerry's been on a few times. I'll find a show to link at the bottom. So you can listen to another one. Definitely. She has a dojo in Green Acres, Florida, guys. Although that made me think of Green Acres, the sitcom. Don't make <laughs> yeah. me sing the song now. It's a place for me. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can check it out at Green Acres Community Center. I did it, so I know it can be done. Is there anything big going on that we should discuss, Sensei? I just want to add that we do have our own website as well, which is whiterhinodojo.com. So in case anybody wants to check that out as well for the classes. Whiterhino.com? Whiterhinodojo.com. Got it. Okay. I'm totally going to check it out. And today, I've picked a weapon that is very close to my heart for us to go over. Are you ready? I'm ready. The war fan. Ah. Originally, I was trying to get two weapons into this episode, but that didn't work out. (laughs) I had too much to say about both of them. So you're going to have to come back soon, Sensei Jerry, and we'll tackle another weapon. Sound good? Oh, Sensei, sounds good. Let's get started. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to start if you don't mind. Because I want to say that we know you're close to this information, Sensei Michelle, because this was the weapon that you picked to research and build kata when you tested for your fifth degree uh, black belt. Yes, it is. And my research back then, along with a site called Ancient Origins, were our main sources for this episode. Anything else we use, we'll just mention it along the way. Good plan, Sensei. I remember when you came up to our dojo to teach the fans, and of course, it was fun. We also have some pictures on our website. And we're going to have a Twitter picture of you with fans, so I'm excited about that. And thank you for mentioning that we had a good time. We did. Yes, we did. Okay, let's get started. People really don't think of the fan as a weapon. Don't you agree? That's true, Sensei. But its use as a weapon dates back to feudal Japan, even though we didn't find the specific date. Which is kind of weird not to find a date, but I did find a cool legend. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> a commander named Takeda Singen attacked a general named Uesugi Kenishin during the Battle of Kawanakajima. Commander Takeda rode his horse into Commander Usigi's tent. Okay, first off, that was so much impressive Japanese speech. <laughs> Congratulations. I read that before and I said, I cannot wait to hear who is reading that. Secondly, so what you're saying is he made it through all the guards? That's what they say. He rode his horse into the commander. And and when Takeda drew his sword to attack Uesige, Uesige defended himself with 
a war fan. We don't know exactly what type of fan it was. We can sort of guess it was just the fan of the times. Well, it was an iron one of some sort, whether it opened or whether it didn't. That's for sure. But as usual, we're a little ahead of ourselves. True. But while we're here, Sensei, we might as well say that if the legend is true, it means war fans were used regularly in the 1500s. Yes, that's what I agree with. But let's get back to the origins of the actual fan. That's the one that both keeps you cool and, hey, it could match your outfit. (laughs) Why not? Okay, I'll start by saying sensu means fan in Japanese. And only hearsay and legend tell the beginning of the fan. Yes. It is thought that the fan was first introduced in the Nara period, 710-794. The original version was round and rigid. Also, one site says that Japanese invented the folding fan, and that also happened in the 6th century. I read that, but I'll add that there are conflicting legends on the invention of the folding fan. In one story, the shape of the wing of the bat inspired the folding fan. Another account credits the invention of the folding fan to a widow who, in a temple, cured a religious man with nothing more than a piece of paper folded into pleats to create air movement and her soft, melodic chant. Okay, first, we love our controversies, don't we? Of course. And second, I love that legend. And lastly, haven't we all made those little teeny paper fans that they're speaking of? Oh, yeah. Right? When we were little kids? It's such a fun memory. (laughs) In fact... I can make them today when it's really hot. (laughs) (laughs) We can use these sheets of paper we're doing right now. That's it. But but a long time ago, like the 10th century, there were two types of fans listed in a dictionary. The uchiwa, the traditional non-folding fan, and the ogi, one term used for a folding fan. Sources agree that the fan grew in popularity during the Heian period, which is 794 to 1185 CE. Us, and I'll add on, they were first used by court officials and high-ranking government officials. This started a fan journey that included being used by the officials in sumo wrestling and taking a prominent role in the no place. Okay, so then, as usually happens, people saw these fans being used and they became common for everyday use. The folding fan could be tucked into the obi and carried. And also, as they became more commonplace, fans began going by different names. The term sensu, meaning folding fan, became common. Another term for fan I read about is komori, which means bat. I guess it's referring to the wing. Us. I like everything we've done so far. And now I'm ready to move on to fans that are specifically designed for war. Interestingly, these also have gone by a few different names. So we'll round robin it. Sound good? Sounds good. I'll start with one called a gun by Uchiwa. It was used by generals to signal their troops. And this one doesn't open. It resembles the older Uchiwa fan. First sensei, and then came the gunsen. It is a folding fan. But tessen is the most common term used today. It literally translates to iron fan. I agree so far. I have one more to talk about, and that is the Katessin fan. It was used strictly as a weapon. 
It looked like a folding fan when it closed and it did not open. The fan was made to use like a baton or any small weapon. That's right, because I have a replica of that fan. And even the replica is deadly. You guys have seen it. But but are you going to put a picture on Twitter and Instagram? Yes. Actually, what I was thinking about doing is taking a couple of different pictures of the fans we have and adding them somewhere. Sound like a plan? Oh, yeah. We're at Wildcat Dojo all over the web. And you can get us on Instagram at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And if you want to write in, you're going to reach us at dojoconversations at AOL.com. Which everyone should check out, but they won't be able to feel the weight. No, they won't. I mean, it's got some weight to it. Yes, and it has density. That's what I'm saying. You're right. Okay, let's get back to the folding fan, shall we? Okay. When they're made for fighting, they can have ribs, and those ribs can be made out of metal or out of wood. But either way, they have that silk covering that it always has. Us, or it can be constructed where just the two outer ribs are iron and the internal ribs are the traditional lacquered wood. Isn't it true that uh, they would sharpen the iron to points at times for those fans? So there's no written history that says yes or no on that. I've seen a lot of replicas for sale because I think we say at the end of this episode, you can buy this stuff on, on um, I think Etsy actually. You can buy this stuff. And of course, through the martial arts stores. But the martial arts stores aren't selling ones with knives at the end. Right. But I do believe um, that that was something that was pretty common. And it's certainly common in video games and movies. But, you know, um, what? Forecasting to the end of the show. You are. All right. Before we push on, I want to say that my introduction to the fan was through Grandmaster Peter Urban's beautiful wife, Meiko. How lucky was I? I'm so jealous every time I think about it. <laughs> Very that. jealous, Sensei. She visited Florida with him one year and she taught a fan dance. Man, it was massively cool. Massively cool. And she was a very, very sweet human being. Was she? Is that fan dance on video anyway? I don't know. So, fun fact one of our Friday night classes, advanced class with Master Collegian, we were watching old videos and he showed us the video of Master Peter Urban's wife doing the fan dance. And it was absolutely incredible to watch it. So when you said that you were able to do that with her, I just can't even imagine being in the moment because I can actually visualize it to this day. She was in some sort of I believe like a blue, a light, very light blue, a white outfit. And she had her fans and she was just, you know, it was amazing to watch her. It was a kimono-like outfit. I like would... a kimono outfit, yes. Yeah, she's really, really beautiful. And she pulled her hair up. I mean, it was super traditional. I know it, we were watching a video, but it was like something out of a movie. Yes. And and it's a little bit emotional. It is. Had you learned um, Sensei Michelle's fan form by that time? Or was this the first fan form you had seen? I actually had learned the fan form by then. So then you had some uh, understanding of the difficulty of moving those fans the way she did. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sensei. Yeah, that's a reality check. For sure. Because it looks very, it it doesn't look like it's very difficult. And we know that, you know, opening and closing, is it positioned right? Is it backwards? Is it upside down? Oh, you know, and um, just getting used to the muscle memory to hold those 
those fans, you know, some people would think the heavier weapons are more difficult, but they're just as difficult to manipulate and to uh, to manipulate. And what do I want to say? Um, I want to say be accurate with. Thank you. That, that would be definitely the, the word yes. that I would use. And we do the kata with both the steel ribbed fans and the lacquered ribbed fans, but the lacquered ribbed fans are absolutely sufficient for the beauty part of it. Then you don't have to use the heavier one if you don't want to. But we need to get back to the war fans, don't we? I think uh, so. Uh, I think I'm going to pick it up with why fans were used as weapons. Wait, before we do, and I just say I found a site called Ancient Pages that said Kenochi or female ninja used essence. Well, that's so cool. That is so cool. <laughs> and when we did our episode on ninja, we sort of concluded that they are way cool, those female ninjas. You know, before we started doing these podcasts, I always thought the samurai were the coolest. And and I can't say they're not. They're very cool. But I've come to find out that the ninja and the ronin also massively cool. So I'll tag as many episodes as I can in for people to go back and listen in case they missed them the first time. Oh, I hope so. And now can I tell about fans and how they became popular as well? Well, due to circumstances that were going on at the time, and I think that that's happened a lot for things to be modified because of just what was going on. Isn't that true? I agree. Well, what happened was that in lots of locations like tea houses and the homes of high-ranking officials, samurai were forced to leave their swords outside. They would tuck fans into their obi, and just like that, Fans were adapted as weapons. I also read that. And it really became common during the Edo period, which is also known as the Tokugawa period. We've mentioned it many times during the podcast. And it basically went from the 1600s to the mid-1800s. Yes, and this is cool, Sensei. Fans became so popular as weapons that many martial arts schools taught techniques using tessin and other small arms the small weapons were easily carried. Very cool. And I'm going to finish up this part by saying that as Europeans came to Japan, the folding fan became a household item in Europe, and it can still be found worldwide today. That is so cool. We're going to finish up this podcast, and we're going to do it with fans and video games. Okay, but I'm going to clarify that we're finishing with fans, the weapon in video games not fans of video games. (laughs) I could actually see that mistake. Seriously. That's funny. We found this information on a YouTube site called Mr. Top 10 List. How cool is that name? I just forgot to look because I want to see Mr. Top 10. There's nobody to look at. He shows you um, things, but he has a little character that talks back to him. But just to tell you, he had way worse puns than we use. Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will look him up when you have a minute, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to start with one that he mentioned that isn't a video game, but it is one of my all time favorite movies. And it's a movie called Rush Hour. And I looked up the scene. So if you want to look up the scene on YouTube, it is totally worth it because this lady's fan had knives sticking out of it. They were down in the fan, but they stuck up maybe an inch and a half. So when she swiped, the knives swiped across. Yes. And she could pull the knives out and throw them. 
And since this movie is 100% a comedy, she was always throwing them into precarious spots. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great movie, Sensei. I watched that. So you know what, Sensei Jerry? Sensei Jackie has not yet seen the Rush Hour movie. That's true. It's almost a sin, isn't it? It is. It's homework, Sensei Jackie. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Homework that's going to make you LOL. That's a yeah. good idea. I like homework like that. Yeah. All right, what's our first video game, Sensei Jerry? According to Mr. Top Ten, the character Katana from Mortal Kombat was one of the first fan-fighting warriors in video games. Her fans are also bladed, and she leads a group of three female warriors that all carry weapons. One carries the side. The other carries a huge bladed weapon that we think is called the wind blade. It looks like a giant throwing star. These women are wonderfully wicked. I agree with all this, and I'm going to take it home with a character called Tamari from Naruto. She has kind of a modern look about her, like she's not from ancient times. So I looked it up, and the creator said he doesn't have just one time period. He mixes it up. Some looks like feudal Japan, and some look like it's in the 1980s. That's what she looked like, the 1980s. So it's kind of cool. But back to the fan. Her fan is giant, and she carries it on her back like a sword. It has magic. She uses it as a shield to hit opponents and to summon wind. Pretty awesome, even if it's not realistic. I think it's hilarious that you use the word realistic and anime in the same (laughs) sentence. But before we start our goodbyes, can I just say that oftentimes on this podcast in the past, we have talked about magical powers and which ones we would love to have Mm -hmm. how cool would it be to have a fan that you could carry on your back and just pull out anytime you wanted i think we should create that and put it in a vest oh yes that would be so neat wouldn't it yes and then when we put it over our face it could hide our expression (laughs) and i was thinking more in terms of stabbing (laughs) But it's definitely on that note that we should start our end of show stuff. So what do we have? Oh, where people can spend money. Yes. (laughs) And they could spend it in a lot of places. But I think before they spend it on themselves, they should spend it on our podcast. (laughs) So we just started this link. And we appreciate if you would click our support link. That would really help out. We are not yet breaking even on this podcast. It's okay because I love what I do. But I still would appreciate the support, correct? Yes, and it is hard for us to ask for shameless donations, but we're doing it anyway. That's it. And that takes us perfectly to, you want to say this one, Jerry? Honor Athletics. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) That was good, Sensei. You can reach her at 770-945-5150. Or you can scroll down to the show notes and click our link there. And I wonder, do you think she carries any fans? She may. I can't imagine she wouldn't order them for you. When I call her and talk, she orders stuff for me all the time. What a great person to have as our sponsor. Yeah. I can't believe this show's over already. Didn't it seem to go a little bit fast? It It did to me. I think it's because we have have fun with Sensei Jerry and we just laugh a lot. Ah. (laughs) But anyway, the important sentence here is, thank you so much, Sensei Jerry. Thank you, Sensei. I'm so excited. I got to see you, ladies. I uh, I miss everybody. 
<laughs> I know it's weird how life is so busy these days, but yeah. that it is the blessing of being able to have uh, Zoom and being able to actually see you and talk to you in real time is wonderful. Oh, Sensei. On that note, Sensei Jackie, we are going to have to call it. All right, Sensei. Bye, everybody. See you next time. I'm going to sign this out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations. No, I like this. I have, I have another picture to show you. So I was excited when you put the hand because I don't know if you recall, but like when when I was growing up in the ranks, if you will, um, the fan seminar that you taught was open to brown and up, brown belt and up. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And I would always get like, you know, I'd be like, come on, sensei. <laughs> so, can I go? Can I go? So I always have to wait. And then when I actually became a brown belt, my baby sister um, was sick, mentally ill. For, I missed two seminars. I don't know if you remember this. And I talked to you about it because I was so like, I, I, I was coming and I was so excited about it. And we were talking about it. And then I'd call you and tell you I couldn't make it. And then I finally was able to go and it was open to all ranks. And I was like, this is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been when Sensei took it out of his hands and put it in mine. Yes, because we used to argue about it all the time. If they want to come, we should let them come, I said. I had to wait, and you people should not be here. (laughs) She does that all the time. But I do want to show you something exciting, because when I did become a black belt, I decided this was my black belt picture. Oh, Oh, nice. Hey, can you send me? I can email that to you. Yeah, Yeah, we can use that for that. That'll be great for the podcast. Definitely send that to me. That is my black belt picture. So that, that is so is, cool. I had no idea. Oh my god! So that is ten. Where am I? That's twelve, fifteen years ago. Wow. Can you believe it? 